Hey, welcome to the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast. Glad you found us for another season. Really hope you enjoyed the guests that we have today. Take a listen. Reach out if you want some more information. Enjoy the time. Enjoy the learn. Hopefully you get better from this. On today's episode of the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast, I talked with Coach Nick Caduti, offensive coordinator and head strength conditioning coach at Tomball High School in Tomball, Texas. Coach Caduti is a former collegiate and professional football player, as well as a certified strength and conditioning specialist, first with lots of knowledge in the weight room and running an offense and a football program. Coach Caduti does a great job being a huge resource for so many people in a variety of ways. If you haven't already, check out and follow his YouTube page. Just search, search Coach Caduti for excellent game film breakdowns for both offense and defense, as well as follow him on Twitter at Coach Caduti. Enjoy our podcast episode as we talk about the Texas High School State Championship games, food, real life, ball, and more. At the time of the recording, the state championship games had not been played. Coach Caduti was correct in predicting each of the winners. On today's episode of the Hanging with Coach Newton podcast, I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend, the the coach of hair and wide zone himself, Coach Nick Caduti. What's going on, man? How are you? What's going on, brother? <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you right off the bat, man. I sent you some pre questions or whatever, and uh, I I want to ask this right away. Are you more known for the hair, the wide zone, or the big body transformation? <laughs> man, I, you know, I was told a long time ago when I first came down to Texas, man, you've got to make a name for yourself and you got to brand yourself. So, um, I figured I might as well do one of the two. I've always had the hair, bro. <laughs> it's yeah. uh. My dad was bald as could be, and so I was like, I'm going to hold on to this thing as long as humanly possible. And then uh, the wide zone thing just became a thing when I was down here. And then uh, the body transformation thing, nobody really cares. My wife married me when I was fat, so that's real love. Yeah, it's real (laughs) love, man. No doubt. No doubt. Man, so so expand on a little bit more on on your journey to Texas. I know you've talked about it on some other podcasts, but... You know, for some that haven't listened to you on, on other people's podcasts, just kind of give us a quick rundown of, you know, where you came from, how you got to Texas and, and um, why it sunk its teeth in you and won't let you go. Man, you know, I, w- I played professional football for four years and I decided to get into it, to get into coaching. I was a huge fan, man. I, uh, you know, I wanted to get in college. That was my whole goal. Get into college, be a college coach. and you know, and I got there, you know, I GA a little bit. Um, I was at LA Valley community college for a little bit, you know, I got around and, you know, so then I went and my wife was from Southwest Missouri and I became a head coach at a school called Marshfield, Missouri. Uh, and it was about as country as it gets. Uh, they had diesel row in the back and they, you know, they had the old, the old bumper stickers, you know, diesel smoke makes me horny, you know? And so, you know, we went there and had a, you know, the guys were there. We were pretty successful, man. We had a uh, fantastic uh, offensive uh, production for about three years, man. I had a great quarterback. And actually, we threw the ball all over the yard there. And uh, I got burned out, man, being a head coach. Some bad things happened. And um, the lady told me, you aren't going back to college, so what do you want to do? So I got hooked up with uh, Kevin Flanagan and Bate at Beaumont Westbrook High School. Um and when I went down for the interview, all I had to see was the freaks we had in the weight room, and I was sold. And so, 
I moved down to Beaumont, lived in an extended stay hotel. Um, I'm pretty sure there was a prostitute ring going on to the room beside me. Um, and somewhere on that floor, somebody was a drug dealer had to have been, uh, I got some stories from that hotel just by itself, but you know, I, uh, I think I, at one point in time, we, we finally moved back to Tomball after being in Westbrook for three years. And, uh, my wife was still in Missouri back and forth and we finally sold the house. But I remember sitting, we were sitting in our pool and my wife looked at me and she's like, you know, this is the fourth father's day in four years at four different houses. <laughs> She's like, we're staying here for at least four years. So, you know, this is year four. So you never know what happens, man. <laughs> no, no doubt, man. It's such a, <clears throat> it's been such a crazy year. The fact that we were able to play a season is is beyond amazing, uh, given given all the different circumstances and stuff. But, uh, you know, give us a rundown briefly of, of how you think the season went, given everything that transpired, not having an off season you know, stop starts in the summer, you guys in the Houston area, y'all had to start a little bit further behind than everybody else. Right. Yeah, man, it wasn't bad. I'll be honest with you. The fact that we even had a season, it's a miracle from God. I, you know, and I, you know, when you get into it, you, you kind of complain and, you know, go through the same cycles, but you know, the fact that we got to do it in this absolutely insane time, you know, God, they got to write about this crap in the history books. You know, we're like, we survived the pandemic of 2020. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, it was a good season. You know, I think we came out, we moved up to 6A for the first time ever. Um, we played in some of the Klein district, uh, Klein Collins, Klein Oak. And it's just freaking dudes everywhere. And, you know, we're, we're Tomball, country old Tomball with, uh, you know, hard-nosed kids. But we came out and uh, somehow we won every game in pre-district. And uh, we came out and, and the season went well, man. We, we found our niche. Uh, gotten a boatload empty, found our quarterback was actually a mean SOB when he ran and <laughs> our O-line was real good. So we figured out um, we're going to move all the little people out of the, out of the box. Um, like when I mean, literally, we would come up with crazy formations. I'd put, I would literally put five receivers on one side of the ball um, over by the numbers. Didn't even care. Just get the hell out of my way. And we just ran the ball behind our, our war daddies and uh, finished seven and three, man. Didn't make the playoffs, oddly enough. Um, I think it was a three-way tie for third and uh, points. Believe it or not, in this crazy pandemic time, if we would have forfeited one of those two games, we would have made it in. Golly, man, it's it's crazy that people went to you know, uh, so, you know the soccer style um, deal in terms of tiebreakers and stuff. So you know we we were forced to quarantine a couple different times for various reasons. You know, thankfully everybody's came out of everything healthy, but um, you know, it was three points for a win, um, you know, one point for uh, a, you know, with the you know, COVID win or forfeit. Um, and then Are you I serious? That's how your yeah. DC did it. Dude, that's, that's how crazy. we ended up. That's how we ended up doing it. But get this, there's other DECs that, that gave you a minus if you lost on the field. Yeah. I don't understand. My thing is, is how, how, but why are you punishing? My thing would be, why are you punishing a team for playing the game? Oh yeah. Like, okay. Think about this. We got 18 points maximum or minimum. And if you forfeited, it was plus one. That's or you minus one. So we lost uh, one game. We were down by like five or six and they scored with about 30 seconds left to go in the game at the very end of the game and went up by 13, I think. And so we were negative 13. And 
we ended up losing out, I think, by a point. So if we would have just forfeited that game, we would have got in. <laughs> uh, it's crazy, crazy man. It, stuff like that just blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like you said, you you were able to – we were able to play a season. Um, got some really interesting games coming up this weekend uh, for the state championship. Um, you know, we're going to – we're going to record this episode before the games and it'll probably be released after the games. Um, so, so I'm going to just throw them out there and you tell me, you know, who, who's going to win. You don't have to go into detail. Um, so you've got Katie Cedar Hill. Uh, you got the Dodge bowl, uh, West Lake and South Lake Carroll. Yeah. Got, um, Oh, what's the other one? Um, Cedar park, Cedar park and, uh, Denton Ryan. And then Alito and um, Crosby. Which is crazy. We scrimmaged Crosby in the beginning of the year. Like, we picked him up. So, like, our head coach used to be the head coach there for, like, eight years. And we, when they got off the bus, I ain't going to lie to you, man. They got off the bus, and I was like, oh, my God. They got dudes. And I'll be honest with you, man. Like, and we're 6A. And I don't think there was – I don't think they punted. <laughs> and to be honest with you, I don't think we punted either. I think it was like five touchdowns to five touchdowns, like a half, wow. you know, but I, I was really shocked watching that they made it, man. I, I don't know if they can hang with Alito up, up front. They're not very good up front, um, but I don't know if Alito can hang with their speed, man. They're unbelievable. Um, Cedar Park. Who do they have? Oh, Denton Ryan. Yeah. I know Cedar Park can play, man. Uh, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not from down here. I mean, I don't know much about those guys. But I do know that um, <laughs> I do know that Denton Ryan is really good. So I would say Denton Ryan on that one. Yeah, we got a we got we got a uh, we got our fair share of Cedar Park. They were in district for us. That was a that was what an L, an L we took. Uh, quarterback is for real, man. He he can is play. He? he can he can play. He can throw. He is tough. They um, got no line D line, right? They have a solid offensive line, and they have they have a solid just defense all the way around. Man, they 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 Cedar just fever, baby. Cedar yeah, fever. man. They don't. They just don't make mistakes. But uh, I'm 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 gonna say that you're probably gonna say Denton Ryan on this one. No, hundred percent, man. <laughs> I've seen them play, and they're stupid. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. I'm gonna say you know, and I watched Cedar Hill play our uh, district rival, Tomo Memorial, and Tomo Memorial. They're freaking good, man. And they wouldn't have fumbled uh, going to the end zone to tie the game in the uh, middle of the third. I think it would have been much. I think they probably would have had a chance to win the game. Um, but I've seen Katie this year, and they are no joke. Yeah. Um, we have a sophomore quarterback in play. And then the Big Daddy, uh, the Dodge Bowl. Uh, I saw Carroll, and I saw Westlake, and I'm jealous of every kid on that football team. Um, they got some war daddies, you know, it's like Dunkerville North Shore was supposed to be it. And then all of a sudden the Dodgers came out of nowhere with their monsters from the suburbs, you know, and it's like, ugh. I'll be honest with you, man. I got the old man beating him because he's the old man. <laughs> right. He's got a couple tricks that he hasn't exposed yet. Sure. Oh, dude. Can you imagine that Thanksgiving after this? <laughs> <laughs> Who does mom root for? That's the question. Oh, she's going to have the split jersey. That's like every wife or mom in the stand, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got to. You got to. So <clears throat> when you're in season, right, yep. and, and you're 
you're planning offense because you're the OC, mm -hmm. but you're also the strength coach. Right. Now, are you strength coach for just football or for all athletic programs? Um, pretty much all of them. Um, basketball does their own thing, but, you know, thump thump is their own world. Right. But, yeah, so, I do most of them. I do all the girls and stuff, so. Yeah. How do you how do you structure everything? Because are you teaching on top of it? Yeah. So my first three periods, I'm in the classroom and I teach like world religion and um, some government class. But, um, you know, fourth period for us, it's freshman, freshman boys athletics. Um, but again, I don't but it's only basketball and football. Mm -hmm. So basketball is their own thing. So I got football fourth and then we have varsity boys, football fifth, um, sixth. I have freshman girls and freshman baseball and then seventh i have varsity girls and varsity baseball and varsity track so i don't really get a break um i just roll and it's gotten to the point where these kids have pretty much can self-contain themselves when it comes to warm-ups they know what to expect um you know we use rack you know like shout out to rack performance those guys are freaking unbelievable um, yeah they've, they have made my life and my voice a lot better <laughs> No doubt. So how on these other sports, you know, because you're always going to get a lot of buy in from your football coaches in terms mm -hmm. of into the weight room. Right. It's just part of it's part of football culture is the weight room. Yep. But your other sport coaches, um, you know, particularly on the girls side, have demonized the weight room in years past. Obviously, you've been there four years. You've been able to change the tide on that thing. Um, but, you know, coming in, obviously, you had to make adjustments. And you had to get buy-in. What is it that you're doing that promotes that, uh, that gets that buy-in from those other sport coaches that say, well, I guess I will listen to this guy. He does know what the hell he's talking about. You know, when I first got there with, with Flan, it was, um, you know, when I first got there with Flan, it was kind of one of those deals where um, when he got the job, I was kind of like a, I was going, you know, and everyone knew it. So when I rolled in the door, um, at the beginning, it really, it was kind of like, you're going to do this. Um, you're going to do this. And this is what's going to happen. But at, at the same time, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm a charismatic son of a bitch. So I had no problem just kind of chilling with <laughs> some people. You know, but the reality of it was just, as you know, basically like, give me, you know, give me some time. Let me see what happens. I'm going to show you how this works. Um, you know, girls soccer was one of the biggest buy-ins early and the results were unbelievable. Um, in fact, those girls, man, are some of my favorites, love girls soccer. And, you know, they got after it and people started seeing the results, man. And, and, you know, the lack of injury, the winning, the performance on the field was very evident. And then, um, you know, volleyball came, um, softball came, um, you know, and then, you know, for us boys, baseball, because we're a baseball school, you know, we've got, I think, five division one, uh, five division one commits on our baseball team right now. Mm -hmm. And. You know, they bought in, man, and it's been awesome. Um, you know, but some of them do their own thing, trainers and stuff. But heck, we even got tennis going now. Wow, that's uh, um, that that's one that's like uh, they don't ever sniff the weight room. Yeah, you know, you know Monty Sparkman does a good job at wrestling, man. And, and um, he and I were college co we we're college teammates, believe it or not. So well, he's never told me this. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna text him and be like, "You sob man, you don't tell me that you that you roomed with the hair." No, we didn't room. We were college teammates. Oh, teammates, teammates. Yeah, yeah. He's. Well, he, I don't he, know if you want to room with him though. Nah, he wasn't a frat man. I wasn't a frat dude. Oh. I was the non-belt. Um, 
I actually left. I left there after my junior year um, when the coaches got let go, and I went to William Jewell. Believe it or not, my roommate um, was Dan Lanning, the defense coordinator at Georgia. Wow, man! That's crazy, huh? That's crazy. You don't give him a call and go, "Hey, man, uh, you got a spot for me." Well, remember what I told you my ladies said that happened, bro. Oh, that's you know? true too. On that, hey, on that team, no lie, man. It's uh, the outside linebackers coach with Buffalo Bills. Dan Lanning's the DC at Georgia. The running backs coach at Hawaii, the assistant quarterbacks coach for the Jets. Well, he was with the Jets. I'm not busy anymore. <laughs> Just <laughs> on the same football team, man. Same football team. Golly. It's unbelievable. We had dudes, I, man. We had yeah. great, great football minds. That's and awesome. My slap dick ass. <laughs> <laughs> You're just changing lives at the high school level, man. That's all. Hey, man, that's what I'm here for. Building relationships. Building I'm just relationships. Next and breaking necks, man. <laughs> <laughs> With, so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna roll that in, into role models and what makes a good coach, you know, right. because you're you're on a staff, or you you played with guys that are now coaches and they're and they're coaching at high profile places, mm -hmm. uh, but it doesn't matter what level you coach at, you can find good coaches, bad coaches, great coaches, elite coaches. Right. What is it to you that makes that that different differentiation between the levels of coaches, um, and then you know. What what we we as coaches serve as role models. So then, you know, who has been your biggest role model? You know, for the most part, I really think that you know trust is composed of three things. And if a kid trusts you, um, I think you develop that relationship. And I think you can do so much more with a man. Like so, trust is basically boils down to three things for me: character, you know, character, connection, and um, character, connection, and competency. So basically, if you're an idiot. They're not listening to you. If you're a douche, they're not listening to you. And if you don't have a relationship with that kid, they're not going to listen to you. So if you ever want to make a connection with a kid, like you need those three things to build that relationship and for them to actually listen to you. Um, you know, for me, man, my biggest role model is my pops. You know, and I know it's so cliche, but um, I'm a first generation immigrant, actually. My dad's from Argentina, um, born and raised. And you know, I grew up in a household where, you know, blue collar wasn't even a word. It was just what we did. You know, where you get up at four, you go to bed at 10, 30, 11. This is what you do. And, you know, my dad told me I could do whatever I wanted to do. Um, you know, engineer, that's what I went to school for. Um, never wanted to do it, but, you know, but, you know, for him, it was, you know, if you work hard enough, it, you can live the American dream, you know, and, and I watched my dad become a citizen. I watched my dad live the American dream. He always wanted to live. Um, we were poor growing up and i remember watching my dad go from being poor to being the president of a manufacturing so manufacturing company and uh it was a i think it was nine figs is what they made yearly and so you know watching him do what he wanted to do and work his tail off and, and you know and still maintain that um you know that ridiculous amount of family oriented uh you know life you know my dad Give you a true story, man. So I remember my first game I ever started. I didn't know I was going to start. And my dad went to Virginia military and played football there. My dad played for the Redskins too. So if that tells you. And so my dad was at a, at a reunion at Virginia military in Lexington, Virginia. And I called my dad on a Friday morning and told him I was starting Saturday afternoon. And he picked up his bags from his, from his school reunion, man, at a military school, which is like a big deal and drove 26 hours to my game wow. to watch me play. I mean, he's just one of those guys. I mean, when I played in the pros, my dad traveled all over the world, man. NFL Europe, 
uh, Canada arena, dude. And he didn't miss it, man. Unless he could, unless he had to, he didn't miss it. And, and you know, and he instilled some stuff in me, like, you know, it's all about relationships, you know? And, and for me, you know, I want my daughter to be a part of that. And, you know, from, you know, they're the field house, they're like field house rats, bro. And my dad, I grew up with my dad at work. You know, I, I learned how to weld and grind when I was like 10. So, yeah. you know, when they talk about role models and it's cliche, man, I, you know, my dad was it. I mean, I, I only strive to be what he was. Yeah. Deep shit. Hey, my, my bad. No, that's awesome, man. And I'm glad you brought up your girls. Cause you know, you're, you're hashtag girl dad. And, um, you know, if anybody follows you on, on Instagram, you, you post a lot of your stories are really involving them. Um, and I had the, the fortune of talking with, uh, Zach Evanesh the other night about, you know, his, his kids are just, they've grown up in his gym in Jersey. They, and all they know is my dad works his ass off. So, you know, your girls, all they know is dad works his ass off. Dad gets up, he goes and, you know, whatever, whatever it is you're, you're training with, whether it's weights or running. Um, but, uh, then you're going in, you, you, you're, you're putting stuff on your YouTube, you're on podcasts, you know, people are, I'm sure just slamming the DMS about, Hey man, how do you do this? Hey man, how do you do that? So how do you separate and go, okay, I'm, I'm coach Kaduti and now I'm dad and now I'm husband, but still trying to keep that, that, you know, that family first deal. Cause it, it, it's tough. I'm sure. To be honest with you, man, it's something that I have to be real conscious of because I'm really obsessive compulsive. Um, I'm, I got diagnosed, believe it or not. I kind of always knew I was, you know, so for me, like I'm that guy and my dad was the same way personality wise, you know, you have something on your mind, you're going to do it. Nothing's going to get in your way and you will run people over in the process. So I have to be really conscious, you know, for me. So like when I do YouTube videos or something like that on, on the channel, you know, I either get up really early in the morning, like three uh, when everybody's asleep and I'll start pounding out some videos um, you know, when I work out, uh, you know, on a weekly basis, I am on the, I'm on the Peloton, baby. I'm on, I'm on team Peloton now, apart my wife, you know, but honestly, I'm like, Shit, I can do this, you know, like, hell, I ain't got to go out and run, <laughs> but you know, I'm on that thing at like four 30 in the morning, every morning, just I'm on it. It's what I do before anybody wakes up, you know, and, and then I you know, wake up the girls, um, you know, and my wife gets up and, you know, I, you know, I try to make them breakfast, kind of get those things laid out. And then I go lift weights before school. Um, and then, you know, during school I'm go time, you know, and, and then when I get done, you know, I, I try to finish everything I can. I don't want to bring home, I don't, I don't bring home work. So whatever I do, I get it done there. Um, and when I get home, you know, I put it down. Um, I'm real bad about my phone and I got a lot of you and you know, I need to get better at it. But for the most part, man, I'll open the computer, um, until everyone is in bed. Right. And then when they're in bed and they're sleeping, I come back out in the office and I go to work. Right. So and for me, it's like you said, dad works his ass off at the same time. I don't want my daughters knowing he's just working, you know? And Right. Right. It's hard. And, and honestly, man, sometimes before COVID, I'd, my daughters would get dropped off at the field house and you know, I'd be at practice and they'd be running up and down the sideline with the trainers. And, you know, that was, that was it, man. Like that to me, that's, that's the dream. Yeah. No, I, I think it's important to have kids around the field house, uh, because it creates a sense of family. Uh, and I think when the players that, you know, we coach see you as that father, 
whether it's to, to boys or girls, they realize like, oh, damn, he is like a human. Like he's a real human, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. he's not yeah. some robot that's just yelling at me because I didn't take the right steps or, you know, once again, I've gotten reached instead of holding my gap. Like, right, hey, right, right, right. he's a real yeah. ass person, you know, and it goes, <laughs> but it goes back to the relationship deal and not being a douchebag. Right. Well, yeah. Well, you said it, man. It's it goes back to, you know, it goes back to it's the family thing. We're role models. You know, as much as you don't want to be, you are. I mean, this is what you do. And, you know, it's my job and I feel like it's my job and it should be every coach's job to show those kids how you how you how you teach your wife. How do you handle your wife? How do you speak to her? How do you you know, how do you connect? You know, when your kids are around, show them how much you know. it's time to not be the tough guy and it's time to be dad. And those guys need to see that because some of those guys, and you know, as well as I do, they ain't got no father, you yeah. know, or. They don't, maybe they don't have a, a good household, you know, and you don't want them to continue that cycle, you know, and I was lucky. I had a great house, man. My, my family was awesome. You know, my mom's still one of the best friends. And, and so, you know, for me, it's, you know, I knew what it was like to live in a good house and I feel like it's my job to pay that forward to some kids. Yeah. How do you, how do you feel it's your job as a coach? I mean, do you, off the top of your head, how many years of coaching do you have? Oh, shit. A lot. 15, 16, man. Okay. I'm 37. And I even coached when I was playing ball. Like, on the off season, I come back and coach. Yeah. Um, I've been coaching then, like 22. And then the four years in college and four years in the pros, right? Yep. So you've been around the game, like, you know, high levels of the game for a long time now. So how do you feel or do you feel it's your responsibility in terms of assisting other coaches? I mean, I, I know the answer is yes, but. Let me rephrase the question. How do you how do you feel you best help other coaches? Because I, I don't know that you've ever turned any. I'm sure you've probably turned some people down. But I mean, you know, whether it's putting the YouTube stuff up or answering DMs or hopping on with other people who talk X's and O's and not necessarily just life stuff. You know, you, you're helping other people. So what what makes you feel the need to do that? Well, you know, it goes back to like I, when I grew up and I started coaching, you know, and I started playing, I was really lucky, man. I played for some absolute great coaches that, you know, most people die to even know, you know, I played for them. And, and you know, as I continued on, I, you know, when I was when I was an early part of my career, dude, all I did was just sit down and shut up and listen and, and learn. You know, I, I remember sitting in a room in BYU and it was like, Dan Hawkins and like the OC at Texas Tech and um, who else was there? The head coach of Boise at the time was Peterson. It was him. Um, God, Paul Chris was in there, you know, and they were just sitting there talking, just talking ball. It was like my first day there and I'm just sitting there on the fly on the wall. I'm just some slap dick, you know, don't know nothing. And that's how it started. And, and, you know, I had, you know, I worked for a guy in Missouri that, you know, he's, you know, coached the NFL. He, he, he was the head coach of West Texas A&M for a while. Um, and he just knew football. Like, he just knew the run and shoot because he coached four of those guys in the run and shoot. And I just, I learned it. We sat there one day, we sat there in his classroom on Saturday nights and on this old projector. And we just sat there and we watched ball, you know. And, you know, a lot of guys don't have that, you know. And I think the young coaches today, man, and shit, I'm 37, but hell, I'm like the second oldest dude on my staff. You know, and it's like, you know, these guys, you know, the guys that want to learn are the ones I just love. They just want to soak it up, man, because I was that guy. 
you know, and you've got the guys that think they know everything because shit, I thought I knew everything, you know, and the older I get, the more I'm like, shit, I don't know nothing, you know? And so when, you know, I try to help guys out and stuff on YouTube and stuff like that, it's not because I'm trying to, you know, a lot of people get, a lot of people get real egotistical and they kind of, they kind of get like, well, you're just showing off. But the reality of it is I'm not, man. Like the, people don't understand some of that. You may, great. You know, then why don't you show them, you know? And a lot of guys are too scared to ask, um, you know? So like, for example, you see something on TV, like, the Chiefs are doing well. Here's the, actually what it is. Here's the play. Here's what he's looking at. You know, here's why. Here's why it worked. Um, this is what would have stopped it. Um, you know, and I think a lot of guys in our profession, you know, it's like some secret sauce. This is what we do. And I'm not telling anybody. It's like a slot T mafia. You right. Know? But the reality of it is, man, it's all recycled bullshit. It's the same stuff. The difference is how do you teach it? You know, how well do you know it? And how can you relate to the kids, you know, you know, and dude, I don't, I'm the worst. I don't turn anybody down. I sit there and I'll answer DMs all day, you know, and if I can't, I'll get back to it. And, you know, emails and, you know, there, you know, and there's some guys that just, they stick on it, you know, and the only reason I have that, so I have my website and the only reason I have that and and I kind of go through that, like our offensive system, you know, I sell it for, I don't even know how much it is anymore, but it's not much, you know, but the reality, but the biggest thing was, you know, my wife's like, these people are taking your time you know, from, from us. So, you know, you need to make it and you need to make sure it's worth your time. So I was like, okay. And I was actually really shocked at how many people bought and wanted to buy it. <laughs> you know, I'm like, whatever, man, if that's what your case, you know, and if you have questions, I'll let me, here's my cell phone number. Yeah. Um, and, you know, cause I just, I remember I've always followed you. Right. And then last year we were able to, to hook up at, uh, up in down in Corpus, um, yeah, came down to speak at a, a John Mitchell's deal uh, for strength conditioning, and I just that's right before I started uh, the the Sunday night Twitter chat, and I, was I like, remember hey, man, that we talked know, about it. Yeah, what what do you think if I did this or whatever? And I think I was shooting you a DM because you yeah. were sitting up in in front of me or whatever, and then we got to talk once we got out and moved around. But I I'll be honest, you know, because I'm sitting I I I don't think I'm anybody. Um, you know, and anybody special. And I think it's crazy that people actually want to come on this, this podcasting and talk to me. Right. Um, you know, I'm like, shit, I'm gonna go talk to this guy. He knows a lot. Yeah. That that was the first time I'd actually heard you present on strength conditioning because everything else was a lot, you know, a lot of football Football related. Right. Right. Yeah. That's my, in fact, strength conditioning is my wheelhouse, man. I'm CSCS, you know, and I, that was my, that was my passion. That's how I got into coaching. Yeah. So, you know, with, with that training side of things, um, where is it that you want to see the improvement happen at the high school level? You know, it's an interesting question, you know, and, you know, Tony Holler put out an article after the Alabama won the national championship, you know, but the reality of it is, you know, I feel like, the this is what we always did mentality has got to go but at the same time i feel like that new age everything's new and fancy you know sometimes to me like there's a fine line between you know overworking a kid and uh being a bitch about it so like for example you know sometimes physiologically dude who cares Sometimes you just need to beat that kid mentally and be like, dude, wake up. You know, you need to know what it feels like to hurt. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, I don't need to sit there and run 10 200s because that's what we did in 1986. You know, why? I mean, like today we worked our kids and it was like, you know, I looked at them because we, dude, I'm been, this is our first week and we kind of buried them. And, you know, and that's okay. Like, that's kind of my plan. That's always been my plan. And, and you know, we're not, I don't like conditioning, but that's just me. You know, we get out there today during track, you know, and it was like, I just looked at those kids and I was like, I was like, pack it up, boys go home. You don't need to be here. It ain't going to do you no good. You're going to get hurt. You know, like this isn't worth it. Like go home, enjoy your day, come back tomorrow. We'll have a speed day. Right. And I just, I think they need to change. I think that they need to, you know, get certified guys in the weight room and God, you know, I've walked in some places and I'm like, dude, how do your kids not get rhabdo? (laughs) Right. By the way, I've had rhabdo and I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. (laughs) Dude, it was awful. Yeah. Morphine didn't even take the pain away. Jeez. So do you hate CrossFit? No, believe it, I got I got it from CrossFit, <laughs> man. Like, dude, I was, you know, and I'm like I said I'm OCD. I was like all about the CrossFit. And actually I was like at a regional competition. And my my partner got hurt and we're doing glute ham sit-ups. And you know, I ripped basically the bottom part of my abs, man. It was like I couldn't even sneeze for like four weeks, dude. It was awful. You know, but I dude, I got I, I was in the hospital, man. I was bad. Like I was like one step from kidney failure. You know, but the reality, but there's a place, man. CrossFit has done the CrossFit has been the best thing that ever happened to the barbell since you know, Westside Barbell in, in Venice Beach, man. Like people started touching the bar. Right. You know, but at the same time, it was probably the worst thing because they're throwing up weights over their head like an Olympic lifter for sets of thirty. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's not designed to do that. Yeah, I, I think you know. I, I've done it a little bit here and there, um, but I'll get in there and I, I, I'll finish wads last partially because I'm out of shape. But the other part of it is the coach in me is like, I'm not designed to do 30 snatches in a, in a uh, short um, amount of time. Like sometimes I just told my mouth to just shut the hell up. <laughs> I don't like losing. It's my competitive nature at that point. I would get pissed if I lost too. Well, I was always going to a class where I was never going to be the winner on most stuff, and the only time oh, yeah. that I was the only time that I was going to win was if I went at like five or or yeah. middle of the day when it's yeah when nobody's there. It's like nobody's the there. Crowd. Yeah, and I'm and I'm the one squatting the most or whatever. Right, um, right, right. But at the same time, that competitive nature helps you. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's how what keeps us connected and why, you know, we're still why we still train, you know, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People, I, 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 look good naked, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you. Hey, nothing <laughs> wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, like, dude, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm sitting there running the other day and I, uh, and you've seen, I run, I run and, and I hate it. I absolutely hate running, but I do it um, because I like to eat dinner uh, more than I like to run. And, uh, I was just sitting there running. I'm listening to David Goggins. Like, that's my dude, right? And he's just talking about, like, F the world. Like, life sucks. You need to just suck the hell up and do it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to run a marathon just because I want to. So, like, now I'm just going to training for a marathon. Why? I have no idea. But I just <laughs> want to do it because, damn it, I'm going to say I did it. You know? got to remember, one time I was 350 pounds, man. Like, I remember I running my first 5K. Let me tell you a story. I, I, so, I'm dating my wife, man. My wife is like, dude, my wife's 42 with a six pack, right? Like, it's just not right. She's tiny. And so I'm first dating her. And it was, I think it was like September. 
And you know, every place has the turkey trot, right? The 5K yeah. on Thanksgiving to make you feel better about eating all the bull crap. You know, we're, we're watching TV and, you know, we're kind of cuddled up in October and it's still early in the relationship. And I'm, I'm glad, man, I'm, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get busy, right? I'm trying to get my life, you know, my, my girlfriend at the time. And she's like, oh, the turkey trot. I was like, I'll do that with you. She's like, really? You know, I was like, yeah, sure. Pretty well, I can do this. You know, now remember, I was 335 at the time. So I kind of started training. And I remember this because like I had just been cut by a team somewhere. I can't even remember who it was. And I came home I'm like, you know what? I'm going to run a half a mile around the track. Bro, I made it one lap before I had to start walking. And I was like, what the hell is wrong with me? I'm such a pansy. So Thanksgiving Day comes, man. I got a lot of you. And so like I'm, you know, I'm there and I got my I got my Eagle sweatshirt. I have no idea how to dress for this thing. I just bought this $200 pair of shoes, right? Like, and I'm like, I got this. So we get out there and, you know, I'm getting ready. Dude, that was the longest 40 minutes of my <laughs> life. So my wife, my, my girlfriend, she finishes, runs back to meet me and starts jogging backwards, telling me, to, let's go, you're doing so good. I'm just like, shut the hell up. At that so, point in time, home. she was the enemy, huh? You're like, get oh, out of my face. I'm, I'm sitting there telling myself, I will never do this shit again. <laughs> you know, and I'm just dying. I'm sweating gravy. I smell like, I smell like gravy, you know? I'm sure I had about 10 beers too the night before because got, you know, I had a carb load. That's right. You know, and so I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hurting. My feet are hurting. I'm swollen. My calves feel like they're about to explode. You know, the big guy calf explosion feel. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I get it. Then I cross the finish line. I'm just like, I mean, my face looks like the sun just beat me with its, with its rays. And, you know, I'm like, God, this sucks. I couldn't walk on my feet for three days because I had stress fractures because my fat ass ran three miles. <laughs> Now I'm trying to run a marathon. What the hell happened to me? I don't know, man, but that's awesome, man. More power to you. I won't, uh, that marathon thing is not for me. Oh, but, hell, dude. You know, you want to know I, how to figure, here's when I figured out that I had a problem. So I'm in, I'm in New Orleans with my buddy Greg. We're roommates and we're playing ball. Greg is a principal like Haddo Mills, now, I think. And so we're, we're sitting at, uh, there's a, there's a Louisiana version of the Cheesecake Factory. And I cannot remember the name of my life name but they had the most amazing cheesecake in the world. And when we were playing, we got to eat for free. So we're sitting at the table and it's me, Greg, a guy named Zach Condo, who's a sheriff down in Broward County. And I think it was, uh, God, it was, a, it was a dude that played for the Cowboys later. He's a great guy. We're all, we're all linemen. We're sitting there, man. We're having, we're having a meal. Life is good. And I finished my cheesecake. And I noticed there's these two high school girls beside us, right? At the time, I'm like 23. You know, and they're just giggling. Ah, it's just the two of them. And they order this cheesecake, right? And they like take two bites and like, I'm so full. And they get up and they leave, right? So I look over and look at my roommate, I'm like, Greg. He's like, don't do it, you fat bastard. So I look <laughs> over there and the bus boy's coming. And I got to make a decision. Like, I'm like, oh, shit, what do I do, man? Do I, I'm going to do it. Okay, I walk over there. I'm like, hey, bro, 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 I got this. And I take it back to our table. No lie to you, man. My roommate looks at me and goes, you are a fat bastard. No, 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 no. It's cool. It's cool. I'll just cut the part off they didn't eat. <laughs> I ate the cheesecake. <laughs> I'm like, bro, I've got a problem, man. That's hilarious, man. That's hilarious. But, you know, the other deal is, is you're, what, half Italian, half um, Argentinian. So all they do is make amazing food and eat when you get fa family gatherings, right? So how, oh, do you, yeah. how do you combat all that now? 
Um, well, my grandmother's name is Olga. If that gives you any idea what my family's like, um, she thinks I'm anorexic. Uh, <laughs> I'm 225 pounds and six foot two, and she thinks I'm anorexic. Um, you know, but to be honest with you, man, I have I have learned myself. You know, and if you're a fat guy, you know you find you learn your way. And for my theory, my my whole philosophy, my mind is, I know that if I start eating, I won't stop. So I intermittent fast. I don't eat until six o'clock at night, and then I eat whatever the hell I want basically until ten. You know, and, and you know, people tell me, well, you know, is it the science? No, bitch, it's because I just don't want to eat. I'll eat too much. Like, I don't even care. Like, it has nothing to do with science. I know how it works. I know how insulin works, people. Like, dude, I got it. I got to do, I have a master's in human performance. I know how this works. And I don't give a shit what anybody says. This works for me. <laughs> well, and, and what's the deal? The best diet is the one that you can follow and stick to and works for you, right? There's no oh, one size yeah. fits all. And, and this, and like, you know, New Year's new me bullshit. Oh, yeah. No, man. It's not a diet. It's a lifestyle. Like, what lifestyle. are you going to do every day? Are you yeah. going to pick up that damn cookie at, at noon because somebody had it in the in the office, right? You know, how hard is to freaking say no? Don't be a douche. Just say no, right? And, you know, for me, you know, I'm a fat ass. So when I eat, I'm going to eat like a fat ass. Like, so after games, this is nobody. And people don't understand this. Like, this is why I run. After games, if we won, I'm an In-N-Out junkie. Love In-N-Out Burger, right? So if we won, it didn't matter where we were. I remember driving back from Port Natchez and there was a hurricane coming and we played on a Thursday to get away from the hurricane. And it was two o'clock in the morning before I pulled it in and out. And I made my O-line coach, my quarterback coach, my receivers coach. I said, bitch, we're eating in and out. This is what we do. So I walk in there I get a four by four animal style, a three by three animal style, two, two by twos, a fry animal style and a chocolate milkshake. And if we lose, I go to Whataburger because I don't deserve it and out. And I get a four by I get a four meat, four cheese. I get a two meat, two cheese. By the way, no onion, add mayonnaise. I get a large fry. I get two bacon, egg, and cheese taquitos. No lie, man. This is no lie to you. And then I get a vanilla shake with the apple pie blended in. Try it. It'll change your life. What? I have never thought. Now, I've had um so my 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 first job as a waiter. Mm-hmm. Um I was at Joe's Crab Shack off of 610, that shithole. Hell yeah. And uh, we had this uh, this bartender. I swear he was on the juice, though, because his freaking arms were massive. He always had a vein popping out of his neck. He was a little yeah. ornery, looking back on it now. But he was a cool-ass dude. Right. One day we were cleaning up. It was real damn slow, middle of the week. Hey, man, you, you want something special today? Sure, dude, what? All right, go order a piece of cheesecake and some ice cream, and I got you. And he blended it? Fuck. Changed dude. my world, dude. dude. Hey, wait, it's wait, not wait. like we had the greatest cheesecake either. It's just... No, you don't have to. Bro. You put it right. Okay, you, you're in Austin. You, do you, have you had Andy's frozen custard yet? Yeah, we got one right by the house. That's All right, bro, check, the it problem. Out, check it out, check it out. I used to be... I used to work at the same place that Andy was from, right? Like, uh-huh. this from Springfield, Missouri. And so my wife used to train him at times, right? And he would do great guy. Like, but the greatest thing in the world is Andy's frozen custard. Like I, the James Brownie funky jackhammer, I would give my left testicle for it now. <laughs> dude, that is like my kryptonite. And it's the greatest. Dude, they make a cheesecake uh, concrete and you could blend hot fudge right down the middle of it, man. Fat guy crack, dude. It's awesome. 
I'm so I'm jealous that you have an Andy's. Like me and my wife have thought about buying a franchise here just so that I can have it. Dude, <laughs> if you buy, if you guys buy a franchise there, it would it would do well. Oh, it, I think do, so. it does. It does well. Brain. It does well. Um, you know, and it's so here's here. So I'm in Pflugerville, and mm-hmm. it's um, Stone Something Mall area, whatever it's called. I don't know, limestone shit, whatever. Anyway, Waterburger, Andy's, or sorry, let me back up. Chick Fil A, mm-hmm. Waterburger, Andy's, In and Out, <gasps> all in a row. Bro, I would be four hundred pounds. Not even <laughs> right, dude. I'm telling you. And I Andy pass it Logan. every day to work. Every day, uh, it's on my left side when I go to work. It's so popular in Springfield. This is no lie. They have two Andes less than two miles from each other, and in the summer, you have to wait in line for thirty minutes. You know, have you had it? Yeah, I've had it twice. I've had it two different times. I had oh. it in the summer, and we had it um, right at the beginning of the year. Um, What's funny though is my wife and I both had a Sunday. Yeah. And we did not care for it. What? Hey, I don't get the concrete, man. You did you Well, didn't. and that's what I did the first time. It's here's the deal is what I figured out quickly. It's just like when you go to Dairy Queen and you get a blizzard. Yep. You don't venture off the path. No. Know what no, you like. What you do. And like, you stay. Stay your so, lane, bro. Stay so your lane. For me, it's it's a butterfinger blizzard. That's it. Oh, dude. Go get the James Browning Funky Jackhammer. It All will right. change your life. Well, I got to get it after 75 hard, but that's a good celebration after it. So, What are you doing right now? I'm doing 75 hard again. But what this time... 75? What this is time, that? You haven't heard of this one? No. All right. You know, what, you know who First Form Supplements is, yes? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. The founder of First Form, Andy Frisella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He created this deal a couple of years ago, and okay. he's a he's, he's a former fat ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three hundred plus I, guys. Yeah. Um. So what it is is seventy five hard is actually more of a mental than a physical challenge. Okay. And so you're you have five daily tasks that you complete for seventy five consecutive days. Okay. Task one: drink a gallon of water a day. Okay. Task task two, take a progress picture every day. Don't have to post it, but take one every day. It's a good idea. And, and it's not so much that you look every day, but it's no, no. But just to have it, just to have it, and it's accountability. Account, accountability. Task three: read ten pages of a book or ebook. Not a podcast. Not Audible. You got to read. Hmm. Um, and they have, and it has to be some kind of nonfiction. Doesn't have to okay. be entrepreneurial, um, you know. Just something to make you better. Something to make you better. The other deal is, don't no no cheat days, no alcohol. Stick to your diet, whatever you choose. Hmm. He doesn't give a shit. That's that's not what it's about. Because there's he's like there's no like what there's we no said. right one. There's no right one. It's whatever you're gonna stick to. Right. Uh, he the first time he ever did it, he did he did a keto diet. Hmm. So that's what worked for him. And then the last thing is you got to have two workouts a day. One of them, and they're both for 45 minutes. One of them has to be outside regardless of the weather. Obviously, that's why you're always walking. Yes. That's my, that's usually my second workout is Hmm. some kind of is, is a walk. So I'll lift in the morning 
he and here's the deal with two 45 minute workouts you can't go weights then cardio there needs to be some kind of gap right. in between he he recommends three to four hours and again it's a discipline thing yeah I'm you have to, to do this. you have to plan out your day and you go okay I've got two 45 minute blocks that are, have to be blocked out mm-hmm. for this and, and it's a minimum 45 minutes so really you block out an hour at least for me a block I'm blocking out an at one hour for the weights yeah warm absolutely. up and and go through it and and depending on what we're doing um, that's a good idea man I like you know, that yeah, that's cool. And I like the task part of it. Yes, and that's the deal. And, and that's and he goes, so many people don't finish this because they start bitching and moaning about the tasks. Or, and here's here's the caveat: if you fuck up, which PG thirteen, there's our one at bomb. You start, start over. We can't use it again. Can't say the F bomb again. No. PG thirteen. Well, if this was if this was part of seventy five hard, we'd start over. So if you screw up, you start over back to day one. Hmm. So if you re- if you if you forgot to take your picture on day seventy four, your dumbass has to go all the way back to day one. Well, it's because it's building habits, man. It's exactly, habits. exactly. Yeah. So this is like the third or fourth time I've attempted to like progress have you ever through finished this. It? Hell no. Really? No. I, I've I've gotten I've gotten about twenty days in and i've cracked usually with with the diet stuff usually yeah it's It's not been the to me the reading which is funny because i'm not an avid reader like no but that's easy to do that doesn't Um, take that doesn't take control for 24 hours people don't understand how hard is it like as a big guy like you know it's hard to not like for example we're my every every january my wife and i do the whole 30 you know for no other reason than to just have that discipline in the month but you know for me it's you know it's hard it's easy for me because that's really kind of how i eat anyways you know i got no steak and potatoes every day absolutely you know but for her it, it, it's a struggle because of snacks and things like that but it's all about building that habit once you build that habit bro it's like i can see where that's that's a pretty cool thing i might try that yeah i'm all I'm, about challenges man yeah and and that's that's all it is and he goes yeah Physically, you're gonna have a great challenge when you're when you're putting in two workouts a day for 75 straight days, no doubt. But ultimately, what are you gonna come out of it as from a personal standpoint? Oh, it's gonna make you a better person, man. Better person. So yeah, 100. Like I, yeah. So I want to I want to kind of go back, you know, because we we've we've not shied away from anything, and right. I want to I want to ask this question. Um, Specifically in relation to your dad yep. and the way things are currently in the world as a as a son of an immigrant and the way that the current state of the United States is, right? Mm-hmm. And your job as a as more than just a football coach, right? We talked about what 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 it really yeah, entails yeah, yeah, and yeah. all that. How do you believe we can progress forward and actually make things on TV be more realistic to what real life is. Because I, 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 well, let me, let, me, let me not say real life. Let me say the majority of what actually happens on a day to day basis. 
because what's shown on social media and TV is sensationalized to, oh, yeah, yeah, to yeah, the yeah. nth degree, um, beyond beyond measure, right? But in our daily interactions, how do you feel that your 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 the way you were raised and where what you believe makes an impact to hopefully change the lives of guys who we talked about may not have the best role models at home. Right. You know, my, so my father passed, um, last March, uh, right before COVID hit, man, it was crazy. And he was really worried about the way that, you know, the country's been going. Cause again, my father came in for the American dream and he used to get upset because people would take for granted the fact that we live in such a great free country. Um, you know, and you're right. Things were sensationalized. And I think that's just in general, you know, we are polar opposites. And I think that, um, you know, there was reading a study today that basically said since the creation of Facebook and, and social media as a whole, that the uh, divide in the United States has never been greater um, because um, we, they force it. And, and, you know, it goes, it goes back to, you know, it goes back to, um, you know, confirmation bias, you know, the psychological idea that you're only going to listen to things that you believe in. And that's, we're going to reinforce that. That's just, that's human nature. Um, everyone's like that. And it goes back to stereotypes and everything else. But, you know, for the most part, I think that it makes it even worse because of the algorithms that, you know, social media and computers would give to you. So if you stop on Instagram for five seconds and you look at a conservative post, they're going to keep pushing conservative posts to you. Um, and, and I think that, you know, we have created a monster because we just allow that confirmation to continue in your face. You know, but I think, you know, and I, I hear both sides of the story, you know, I give you an example. So my brother-in-law went to the, uh, he went to the protests in DC. Yeah. Crazy. Right. Mm -hmm. And whether or not I agree with him, it's not even the matter. What the matter is, was I remember texting him like, man, you good. Everything. All right. You safe. And he's like, yeah, man, we're just sitting here like singing and talking. And I was like, well, bro, I'm watching the news right now. And it ain't that, you know? And he's like, yeah. He goes, there was a couple buses that came in and they got off the bus and they went straight in. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, man, we're just out here hanging out. And so what you saw, most of those guys never even really knew what happened. And, but what you see is what you see, right? So it's like, not every, you know, I struggle with not every Republican is a conservative Trump loving prick and not every Democrat is a, uh, you know, a, a liberal tree hugging hippie, right? Mm -hmm. There's every, life is in between, you know, and, and I think people try to make things black and white. And it's our job to teach these kids, man. That, you know, sometimes if you just put your damn phone down and stop watching the news and just talk to your neighbor, life ain't so bad, you know? And, and for us, I've heard this on Facebook and I heard on, on, on Instagram, the big thing about Twitter was, I wish more people were like, you know, a football team. And that's not true. I don't believe that. But what I do believe is I've learned more through football because this sport allows people, no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, no matter what race, what ethnicity, what culture you're from, no matter if you're fat or skinny, dude, like everyone has a place and you have the opportunity to learn about them. Right. And that's up to you to take that opportunity to meet these guys. Right. And there's still racism in football and there's still hatred and I get it, man. But like nowhere in the world, do you get the opportunity to meet people that you would never meet on a day to day basis based on where you're from. 
who your family is, right? You know, the rich white kids probably not going to hang out with the poor black kid very much unless they're playing ball together. You know, they found that common ground. And to me, I think it's our job to facilitate that as coaches, man. It's our job to, you know, get those kids to understand this is an opportunity that most people don't have. And this, you guys can make a difference. You know, if I walk out there and, you know, one of my, my best friends black, you know, and, and a lot of us do with the way you look and people don't like, for example, like you're part of the Hispanic Coach Association, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, but I'm legally Hispanic. Like I'm a legal Argentine citizen. Right. But there's people that don't believe that I'm Hispanic because I don't look Hispanic. Right. You know, and so, um, you know, you, I can see where there's a struggle uh, just the way you look. Right. And people judge. People don't judge me for being Hispanic. They don't give me that. You know, my name is Rodriguez. No, they don't give me that. You know, but people have no idea. So they treat me like I'm whatever I look like at the time. You know, and I think people need to look past it. I think it's our job is to facilitate that. And I think I think a lot of people like to, especially coaches, press their opinions on kids. And the reality of it's our job to let them form an, uh, an educated one. Right. Right. It was a long spiel. It got real deep. My bad, dude. But no, man, I loved it, man. I, I think that's a hundred percent, a hundred percent right. It's, you know, exactly what you said. Things are not, things are tried are are trying to be put into specific categories, specific boxes, so that this can be checked and that can be checked, and you can look at a piece of paper and say, and learn everything you you want about this person because these boxes are checked. Oh yeah. <clears throat> when in reality, that piece of paper is worthless because there's no measure of who that person is as a human being to somebody else. You know, integrity is, you know, integrity is something I think people look past, right? Integrity is kind of like that character of you are you spend your whole life, you know, building it, you know, and you're gonna judge somebody because of what they look like or what they believe in. Like Let's get real for a second. You know, I've got people. So my brother-in-law was telling me, and again, whether I believe what he believes or not, like it's not my job to tell you what I believe, but he has literally lost friends who have called him and been like, you know, you're a piece of shit. You know, I can't believe you're a traitor. You know, I can't, I'm embarrassed that we were friends. I'm like, what? Like, because he believes something different politically than you. Like he can't be friends. Like you guys were buddies. Like you guys shared stories. Like, if you never talked about this, you would never have a problem. I don't get it. Maybe I'm just that guy. No, I'm with you, man. And I think ultimately, you know, you and I are both people of growth mindsets. Um, and if you are a growth mindset person, you have to enjoy becoming uncomfortable at some point in time, otherwise you're not going to grow, whether it's in the weight room or it's reading a book or reading an article. So if you're trying to gain perspective, you have to go look at the other side, regardless of how you feel about it or not. You just got to shut the hell up and listen, man. And I love that, you know, and I asked you in one of the questions was, was how do you see or what's your advice to young coaches? And you put in all caps, shut the hell up and listen. At the end of the day, if we all just shut the hell up and listened a lot more, oh, we wouldn't dude, be in these predicaments. Like, tell me, you know, tell me your story. Let me tell you my story. Let's find common ground 
and damn, do it over some uh, Let's break bread. Let's drink a it's, beer. It's hard. It's hard to get real pissed at somebody when you're enjoying Amen, a good man. meal. I'm with you, bro. I'm with so, you. Man. I, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. Just people. I don't know. It's crazy. It blows my mind. You know, I was engaged from college to a, a mixed girl. You'd be amazed if people would look at you differently. And it was like, like you have yeah. no idea. Like, she's a great woman. Like, you're idiots. You know? So I don't get it. But you're right. So they help them listen. You can learn so much from people. No doubt, man. No doubt. Well, brother, I really appreciate you taking the time. It, it was been a pleasure. Um, I think that uh, when, we, when we release this episode, it's going to be an awesome one and people are going to enjoy it. Um, and, and I hope that they learn stuff from it. And I hope that they uh, reach out to you. Continue, Not that they won't, um, but just reach out some more. Pick your brain about strength conditioning. Pick your brain about football. Um, who knows? Maybe, man, you become a, a life coach. Uh, you know, because I'm nothing but a slob not? dick, dude. I just, I have no <laughs> the difference between you, between people and me and some people is like, I don't really care what, what people think I'm an, I'm a American prick. I just go out there and throw myself out. And if you like me, you like me. If you don't, you don't. But I'm going to be me. And, you know, Hey, you're going to get some great stories in this podcast if you listen to it and you're going to have some good times. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad I enjoyed it, man. I'm really glad you had me on. Absolutely, man. Big thank you to Coach Nick Caduti for taking the time to talk ball with me, as well as many other aspects of his life, and his journey. Hope you found as much value in this episode as I did. Reach out to him, learn from him, use him as a resource. This is what this game is all about. and He's a prime example of it. Much appreciation to you, brother. Thanks for checking out the podcast today. Really hope you enjoyed today's guest. Don't forget to leave a like and a review. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast fix from. Ratings and reviews really help us reach more viewers. Peace out. Have a nice day. Be the change you want to see in the world. Peace.